So you're listening to the audio-only version right now. It could be SoundCloud, could be Spreaker, could be iTunes. Either you're on the road, you're traveling, you're blind, or you're not aware that there is so much more to see in the video version of this podcast. Not only do you get to see the guests, but all of the sketches, the cutaways, and there's some exclusive sketches over there uh, for Mug Club members or people watching the YouTube live stream. And uh, we appreciate the support list, and we're growing leaps and bounds. You can only do that if you guys support by joining at lottowithcrowder.com slash mugclub. It's $69 annually for students, veterans, or military, 99 for everyone else. And uh, not only do you get the hand-etched mug, but it is what allows us to grow and become the network. So you're not only getting this, but you could be getting a dozen other shows, all of your favorites. We want to bring them under the same umbrella. We can't do it with YouTube and Google and the unholy alliance between Facebook and Apple and Twitter trying to squeeze us and that we appreciate the help. Enjoy the show. Hey, your regularly scheduled programming will start in a minute. My half Asian lawyer, Bill Richmond, is here. Wanted to give you an update, some news. We have some news. So if you remember, our Dr. Trump video was taken down, a copyright claim, Digital Millennium Copyright Act claim by Warner Chappelle, and it's over. It's back up. You can go see the video. It is back up. Uh, that means that there are no strikes on our channel, and we're going to re-upload it because we upload it oh, as yeah. a separate clip yep. uh, with a new intro. Some more updates coming next week. Thank you guys so much. Of course, your support at Mug Club is what makes this possible and to have this very expensive lawyer uh, on retainer. And uh, we'll be moving to a new space here as well. Updates on that, and then we'll be doing more golden tickets hiring. Golden ticket hirings. I don't know. Enjoy the show. Louder with Crowder Studios. Protected exclusively by Walther. And Hopper. Maverick here, preparing to pursue target. Talk to me, Quarter Black Goose. Roger that, Quarter Black Goose here. You give him hell, I got your six. Okay, I have target locked. We see this as a violent threat. You bet your sweet ass, Jack Dorsey. Engaging target. Roger that, Maverick. Missed him. Uh, Maverick, looks like you have company on your tail. When did Zuckerberg get here? As long as there are people spreading misinformation, this is going to be an ongoing conflict. Well, this complicates things. Seems like my invite got lost in the mail. Too cute, man. <laughs> Tell him to put the Zima on ice. Now the party's started. <laughs> I got a call that some boys were trying to do a woman's job. Yeah, yeah, I've heard it all before. Let me show you boys how a real lady does. Too cute, Maddie! Oh my god! Oh my god! Shoot! She's locked on to me! Quarter black dude! 
the half Asian ass kicking. Half Asian lawyer Bill Richmond. Half Asian lawyer Bill Richmond. You son of a bitch. Don't worry, boys. I got this. That's what I'm talking about. Woo! Looks like you just got sucker burned. Woo! Johnny, man, go get some. Hey, Jack, you know the difference between precedent and precedence? I don't have answers to that. Because I'm about to set one right on your ass. <laughs> he got all of that one. Did you see Your that? Maverick World throw that shit. <laughs> He's a fucking marvel. Oh, hey, Susan. You ordered no MSG, right? Yeah, I hear it's bad for your health. You know what's worse? Me. Don't worry, boys. Looks like I'm gonna have to do this the old-fashioned way. Lawyer Bill, no! Satoshi <gasps> Lawyer Bill Richmond, talk to me. Do you read me, half-aged lawyer Bill Richmond? <laughs> you boys didn't think you could get rid of me that easy, did you? Half-aged Bill, you're alive! <laughs> yeah! We thought you were a goner, half-aged Bill. And miss all those billable hours? Not a chance. <laughs> I'm just glad you're okay. Just checked your laddie Longo. Looks like you'll be landing in Palo Alto before beer clock. Palo Alto? Oh, shit! That's called a man who took the old KFC ads too literally. You're not supposed to actually consume your fingers, yeah. Harold. Uh, very glad. We have Ben Shapiro on the show today. Oh, we'll be talking about his BBC Big controversy, the walkout controversy. Nice. Oh. Everyone has some opinions. Oops. Tweet in yeah. yours. Yeah. Uh, in uh, third chair, of course, is our uh, half Asian Larry Bill Richmond. How are you? Hello, friends. Thank you very much. Uh, how are you, uh, Quarter Black Garrett Hood Pass? What's up, Dom? And that's terrible. I'm embarrassed. Hey, that was Cheryl way Morgan better than last time. It is oh. better than last time. Uh, Mira, no, it's not. Don't give him Miraval Rosé, my friend. It's not. But it's Mira yellow. Ball. It doesn't look pink at all. It is pink. Uh, I think it's turned. I don't it's see not it at all. The idea that wine only gets better, don't agree with it. Uh, but <laughs> a 20-year-old Rosé. <laughs> what's your question of the day? What's been your experience here with the, the recent abortion bills discussing it? It seems like people <laughs> just want to, their, their minds are exploding on yes. social media. Yep. But I want to know what it's been like for you in the day-to-day. -day. And what do you think about the Alabama and uh, Georgia abortion laws? I'm, I'm genuinely Ooh. curious. It seems oh, like there are what? people on all sides here. Oh, you're, yeah. Did I well, give it away? Where, there you go. <laughs> Whoops. I was trying to foreshadow. You're just like, this is how it ends. Yeah, exactly. I just skipped to the end, man. Let's get rid of it. All right. This week, Elizabeth Warren uh, refused a Fox News town hall Aww. invite. 
In case you didn't know, by the way, we're going to be talking about the abortion law. I don't know if I said that. The question should have been alluding to it. <laughs> yeah. Plus, yeah. Gerald blew the whole deal off. Yeah. Okay, this comes from Politico. Whatever. The 2020 candidate denounced the cable network as a, quote, hate for profit racket that gives a megaphone to racists. What? And conspiracists. Not uh, instead, she's been doing more low key town halls, like this random clip you see on a bus. That literally, you don't have to be. Yes, that's Gerald is looking embarrassed for her. She's just like you. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> her Instagram is my wife's favorite thing. If ever I walk by the living room, my wife is going, like this, oh, watching. Oh, yeah. is it Elizabeth Warren's Instagram? She goes, yeah, and the Hodge twins just commented on it, and this is oh. rough. <laughs> That's why they made the word cringe. If, if you oh listen, gosh. we actually have an exclusive uh, yeah. audio leak. Oh. There were different angles, and if you listen to mm. that, everyone was thrilled. Oh, there she goes again. You suck! Hey, lady, make like Rosa Parks and sit the f*** down. Turning oh. to entertainment, uh, <laughs> PBS's Arthur... Mr. Ratburn, the teacher, he came out as oh, gay no. and got married yep. on the season 22 uh, premiere. Yep. This comes from TV line. The That's news it. comes out in an episode titled Mr. Ratburn and the Special Someone. Mm. Now, this comes as little surprise to most with longtime fans. You know, they're setting Mr. Ratburn's obsession with cleanliness, fashion. In yeah. episode 246, Mr. Ratburn gets AIDS. Oh, that yeah. one was that in which Binky also controversially joined ISIS, which seems as though it was kind of a giveaway. <laughs> yeah. So it seems, oh, yeah, it seems yeah. as though that... Um, yeah. What's, what did um, we get? <laughs> So, what is that? Um, I don't know. Like, we just found it in the in the studio. Oh, it's a it's a cigar button. Cigar. Yeah. So just, but, yeah. Go. Ahead. <laughs> oh, <that's>, uh, <laughs> In international news, uh, <laughs> free bikes are being given out to fat people by the NHS. This comes from the mirror in the UK. Their regular cycling is more effective at cutting the risk of heart disease than many drugs. So the NHS is giving out bike rides mm. based on a on a prescription basis. Oh, that's so okay. a lot of people are praising <laughs> wow. the move fitness, uh, though there are actually some yeah. detractors claiming that this, quote, further stigmatizes fat people with others complaining that, quote, these bikes taste like shit. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of think we're too stupid to live at some point. Like all these like salt regulations and sugar regulations is like they're doing everything they can to make us they not ate the bikes. Die. Did you catch yeah. the? <laughs> 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 oh, the is delicious. <laughs> I prefer fixies. <laughs> oh. I hate all of you. I saw my town rush. Uh, was that the one with Joseph Gordon-Levitt on a fixie? Oh, I don't no. know. All right. Hey, by the way, uh, sticking with international news business. Insider, they just recently published a profile on Mohammed bin Salman, mm. uh, the crown's prince. He's become a controversial figure, particularly in the fall of, of 2018 when he faced a global outcry over the death, of course, of Jamal Khashoggi. We uh, don't want to judge, though. He's trying to reform Islam, yeah. uh, and yeah, that's I a mean, very challenging task. Yeah, uh, sponsor to the show, and uh, we're very grateful, of course, that we'll have no effect at all in our editorial decisions. No, no, no. Uh, according to Vice, by the way, <laughs> it's problematic that medical textbooks overwhelmingly use pictures of young white men. This is the latest. <laughs> Problem. So according to the author, depicting the same body over and over again as white, male, and athletic isn't the best way to teach future doctors. 
She uh, pointed to renowned medical journals that have been published, such as the uh, New England Journal of Medicine, the Journal of Aging and Health, and the DSM-14 Words, which seems like that's not the guy who's there to help you. Mm. No wonder mm. they never problem so. Oh, my gosh. You know, if it was full of black guys, it'd be like, that's right, another black brother dead in a book. You're just showing dead black guys. What? They would have a problem what? either way. What are you talking about? That's exactly what that's I mean. Renounce. Renounce. Like no. Renounce. That's what renounce. they would say. I don't, think no, no, you no, like, the, I don't well, think you get what the 14 words are. You wouldn't have tied that bit there. I, I mean, I'm, I, do. I didn't go to medical school, but I'm pretty sure a lot of those pictures are guys without skin on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I can tell those muscles look white. Why, <laughs> why does it matter? I have no idea. It's not mm. white. So you can tell by the tibias. Finally, uh, a child... <laughs> oh. Discovered Ouch. and the gate, notably that it's slow. Wow. Child discovered forty thousand dollars worth of meth inside a All box right. of Legos. What? Yeah, this comes from <laughs> this comes from Huffington Post because that's 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 about what we use yeah. them for. Uh, <laughs> that's what they're for. I mean, three let's women. Be honest. They actually they found the box at a consignment shop and they gave it to a small child who opened the box. According to the article, was likely very disappointed. Or was he? I'm not convinced. Whoa! Awesome. For the first time, Lego has joined forces with methamphetamine so that you too can save the world. Lego methamphetamine. Yes, you're unstoppable. Lego Mania! <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> These human interest stories, I just love them. Just love them. How much is forty? <laughs> How do you lose me? That's my favorite Max Smith. <laughs> <laughs> this toothless toddler on toothless toddler meth. <laughs> Uh, it makes it so, so much more fun. So <laughs> <lovable>. <laughs> hey, by the way, we, uh, because a lot of this has been demonetized, we have a new uh, YouTube channel. If you want yeah. to uh, subscribe to it, Crowder Bits. It's a YouTube channel. I didn't ah. pick the name. Uh, where they just, we just upload. That'll probably <laughs> we, go up there. Just a, little, yeah, uh, a lot of you have been asking for bits, sketches, or kind of short segments yeah. that maybe sometimes you want to share and you don't want to necessarily use the whole show. So let us know what you want to see uh, up at uh, Crowder Bits. Again, I didn't name it. Last week's trivia contest winner was Timberly Rigel, who correctly identified Colton Wade's significant other is Josephine. That's right. So we're going to be sending you a t-shirt and a uh, uh, half Asian Bill's helmet, his no. Top Gun helmet, because he refused oh. to put it on. Don't, yes. don't send that. That's a great helmet. I know. No. <laughs> no. I, I don't, it's very difficult. At first, you did a great job, Court of Black Garrett. He does a lot of the props, but the, yeah, the half, nice the one and the two are very far very away far. from the dividing well, yeah. line. I had to make the space. They I had are. to, make, I had to I fill the space up. I couldn't I, I thought tell. I was counting Asians to go to sleep. <laughs> and what? <laughs> there it is. A little sweat on the inside. Oh my That's gosh. it. That's None of them awesome. were girls, by the way. <gasps> Counting one boy Asian, two boy Asian. Oh, there's a disappointment. Bathtub. <laughs> hey, you're wrong. Uh, they're all disappointments. <laughs> <laughs> all right. God, they're all disappointments. So I do. So we want to hear from you. And I'm oh really gosh. glad that um, that uh, half Asian lawyer Bill Richmond is here because we're talking about the abortion laws. This has yeah. been trending for two days now. And, uh, of course, Georgia and Alabama. There's been so so much misinformation out there. Yes. It really has been driving me nuts. And I don't just want to say, oh, it's driving me crazy. It's wrong. I want to let you know as to why it's incorrect. And I want to know what, I guess, intellectual fallacies you've seen most out there. So here are a couple of claims that I've seen most. Um, one of them, let's go right off the bat. They've been claiming uh, everywhere, by yeah. the way. 
And AOC kind of claimed it, but it was people said they misinterpreted her tweet. I don't know. I'll give it's it to her borderline. Do you don't need AOC <laughs> on this one because everyone else has been saying that these laws constitute jailing women for murder. If a Georgia resident plans to travel elsewhere to obtain an abortion, when she comes back, she could face 10 years imprisonment. Don't you, Meaning abortion could how one said 10 and one said 30? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. In prison. Whom are you going to imprison? Every woman who's had a fertilized egg pass through her? No, you just... I don't know, wow. Mr. <laughs> the Mechanical Engineer guy. <laughs> That's awesome. But... but Specifically, because they've we've, they kind of thro they've thrown in Georgia and Alabama, yeah, yeah. Uh, but they both specifically up. criminalize the act of performing the abortion uh, outside of the listed parameters. That exactly, that would right. be and a difference. They're just actually calling abortion what it is, right? They're calling abortion something that is is ending a human life now, and right. saying that there might be a penalty for performing that. Well, I want to. They, they very clearly express banning. The, or the, it's the person who's performing the abortion, which right. brings us actually yeah. to their subsequent claim that the Georgia bill they claim has loose language that could maybe lead to the prosecution yeah. of women who take an abortion pill or who travel to other states or who even miscarry. This is one we've been hearing a lot, yeah, miscarriage right. under this, these laws. How stupid is that? Well, here's the thing, and I've been doing a lot of research since four in the morning, so I'm not that <laughs> sharp today. <laughs> But even in the scary old pseudo handmade tale days, and I know it's a post apocalyptic future, but I don't, I stopped watching after episode two, okay? Hold your hate mail. I couldn't do it when they were saying, like, slut shame, slut shame, slut shame. That's literally, was that what they were saying? They were just, shame, they were shouting shame, 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 shame. I'm like, what? This is, she was banging Don Draper. That's where I know her. And she was the president's daughter. If you go back to, Let's say a real, before Roe v. Wade, okay? Right, Maybe yeah. Handmaid's Tale, I don't want to get bogged down in the details. Crappy show. Um, <laughs> there've only been How two recorded incidents of women being charged with any kind of crime associated with their abortion, yeah. okay? Uh, one was in 1911 and one was in 1922. Throughout the, unless I'm wrong about this, throughout the entire history of Anglo-American Western law, only one woman was ever charged with the crime of self-abortion. That specific crime, 1599. You have to go back oh, to wow. the 1500s. No oh. woman ever <laughs> in the history of modern Western law, uh, as far as I know, let me know if I'm wrong, has been charged with a crime for miscarrying. Yeah. Hmm. I've not seen it. Am I, do, do you know if, I, again, Fifteen ninety nine, uh. one time. At one point, he was well. You know what? Maybe before yeah. Roe v. Wade, people weren't being locked in the slammer because they were taking a pill. That's not what was happening. You, you got to kind of reach far back to find something like that. Fifteen ninety nine. That's crazy. The argument that would be made to it is like, oh my gosh, they're going to have back alley abortions, and she, people are going to do yeah. self abortions now right. so that they can get around it. Look, I would rather deal. I know this is going to sound harsh. I would rather deal with back alley issues. I would rather deal with people wanting to do their own abortions and find ways to figure that out than deal with a killing spree that we have right now, right? Yeah. I would rather deal with yeah. those things. Look, if you are so afraid... I don't, want, I don't want to deal with any of it, so I don't want I to agree, say... I, people, I agree, People are going to take that out of context and say, oh, you're saying you want back... No, I'm not saying that I want back alley abortions. I'm saying if you're giving me a choice but of one of the two... But even if you look at the mortality rates for, for pregnant women uh, up until Roe v. Wade, it, it yeah. was very, very low. There were yeah. not a lot of self-performed abortions. Did it happen? Yeah, but it's not like that... What was that Demi Moore film? I just forgot it. It's something about I a house. What you're talking about, yeah. It was a house and all the different women had abortions. Mm. Yeah. It's fun for the whole family. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but look, I think, I think if you are so scared that you are willing to go out and have an abortion by a doctor that you have no idea if it's clean, if it's sanitary, if it's safe, or you're willing to try to perform an abortion on yourself, maybe stop before having sex or use contraception. This is not rocket science. You know, if it's that impactful for you. Sounds really? to me like you're condoning right. rape. Bill, it looks like no. you're hitting your light there, or did I? No, no. He's, well, legally, but, uh, he's wrong. But, but I'm, right, I'm right there with you in the terms yeah. of if you, if, if you have a legitimate concern about 
people performing self-abortions. It, it, let's, let's say that you want you see abortion as one of those options so that they can do it in a safe, clean environment. But you should also be in favor of the other one, other other ways to prevent abortions from happening or being necessary, yeah. Yeah. such yeah. as abstinence or through uh, or through other means. Yeah. yeah, contraceptives, that type of thing. And so, yep. you know, I get it. There's there's definitely going to be some on the on the right who have said that they're against contraceptives because it encourages sex, and that's one view. It's not a mainstream view. It's not no, a mainstream view. Yeah. But that's the point is that you know, but but it's not okay to to be in favor of abstinence or to say that abstinence is a legitimate way to not have to have an abortion. Yeah, it's <laughs> the only legitimate. It's, way. A gar- it's but, the only guarantee. It is the only guarantee. It's like way. abstinence. Right. Only doesn't work. Abstinence only works. Yeah, <laughs> right. I think you're confusing. You're moving the words around. Now I'm not saying we only teach people about abstinence, right. but if you do want to teach them, the only way to avoid an STD, STI, or unplanned pregnancy, the only way is abstinence. It's guaranteed. Yeah, Nothing right. else. Is and thank you, Alyssa Milano, for the sex strike. That's yes, fantastic. She is good saving job. people from having to have abortions right now. Luberderm and old episodes of Charm for her husband. Uh, <laughs> sweetie, you gave away too much of it for free. I can hold out. It's like the hockey strike. By the way, hit the notification bell. Some Midwesterners love that. That hockey yeah, reference. Yeah. Uh, bookmark the page because notification bells don't mean a whole lot if you're subscribed. Not of course, join Mug Club uh, and uh, iTunes. Leave a review rating there. Yeah. Um, here's another thing too that people have been saying that it's just right wing extremism and that it's completely unprecedented. That's actually from uh, Salon. That's oh, they actually reliable. about how they yeah. will try to put you in jail for misc. This actually this is something I think people don't understand. We have pretty liberal laws regarding abortion. The majority of European countries actually have abortion bans after 12 weeks, and a lot of them require a waiting period after consulting with a doctor. Yeah, well, I mean... God forbid you have to wait five days before you potentially end a human life. And so there was some really cool, just stay with me for a second. Gallup did some really interesting studies on this. Everybody thinks that the abortion is pro-choice is by far the thing that people want. No, it's, right. it's really about 48-48 right now. If and even then that's using the most broad terminology. In the broad terminology, right. So if you drill down, people actually say that they would rather have it legal under some circumstances. And the people that are in favor, 50%, roughly 50% some circumstances. Around right. 29% say under any. So that's even a smaller group. The people that say under certain circumstances, 38% of that group plus throughout history, back into the early 90s, said in very limited situations. Mm. If you drill down into the numbers, there are not that many people out there who actually favor under any circumstance abortions. Right. But they make you the media makes you think. They're just on Twitter. Just, well, that's just in the plus or minus it. margin of error, and really just Elizabeth Warren with a meat cleaver and a baby at the end of the table. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. We eliminated her. It skewed the polling data. <laughs> Jeez. Rasmussen didn't think it was valid. That's a voter we won't get. <laughs> I don't understand Sorry. this. I don't understand this though either. At least it's intellectually consistent for these people who say abortion. Period, on demand, no questions asked. Because to me, either it's a tragedy or why should it be rare? Exactly. Right. Who yeah. cares? Why would you want it to be? Does anyone want pap smears to be rare? Nope. No. Does anyone yeah. want doctor checkups to be rare? No. Does anyone want people removing swollen tonsils to be rare? No. So I don't, I don't yeah. e- either That's it's a, a tragedy point. or who cares whether it's rare. So I'm glad that at least right now we're having this conversation openly and honestly. Um, another claim that you've, this is a big fear-mongering claim from the left, and it's not entirely, by the way, uh, unfounded, that this is going to 100% lead to the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Setting up a potential showdown in the highest court of the land. Obama's new abortion law, the strictest in our country, is setting up a direct challenge to Roe versus Wade. Donald Trump said in the third debate with Hillary Clinton, Ugh. if I get two or more appointments to the Supreme Court, automatically, that's the word he used, automatically Roe v. Wade will be overturned. And I think the president was exactly right. Roe v. Wade Not according is to Kavanaugh. gone, and <laughs> wow, right. every woman in Alabama who gets pregnant is going to be forced to give birth soon. Okay, uh, oh. so here's the thing. 
it forced. Could, it, oh no. It could. Some people would <laughs> like to see it overturned. Yeah. Probably a lot in Alabama. Well, we know for yeah. a fact, yes, a lot in Alabama. That's a separate issue from the argument. This is a, there's a few common misconceptions about Roe v. Wade and uh, what would happen if it were overturned. Yeah. Okay. All states place restrictions, or most states place restrictions, regulations on abortions outside of the federal purview. Texas, they wanted to ban abortion after 20 weeks. Yeah which Elizabeth Warren famously opposed because she's a moral lady. <laughs> you, everyone has the hill they're willing to die on. What's yours? The hill littered with dead babies. Yeah, it's the dying hill. That's why I thought it was most appropriate. The hill I want to die on is the dying hill. Colorado, 34 okay. weeks. Virginia, 25 weeks. And uh, these laws often make it, uh, Bill, you probably know about this, half Asian bill, uh, they make it to higher courts. Yeah, so there's truth to that. Yeah, they do. I mean, the, the the case itself allows to have different restrictions based on the trimesters. That was the kind of fundamental, right. you know, practical application of it. And so we have always, since Roe versus Wade, had limitations. And really, again, I think it goes back to your point, which is where if you really do think it's as easy as clipping a nail and it's as, as you know, morally irrelevant as clipping a fingernail, then you should just be, you're probably more consistent to just say it should be allowed always. Right. right. Um, yeah. and, and in these other states, essentially to say, oh, that Roe versus Wade may be challenged. Well, Roe versus Wade was a, is a very complex opinion that sets different types of restrictions at different trimesters. And it also has a certain basis in the 14th Amendment, the right to privacy. And so you can, you can maybe parse well, can you, some wait, of those. Can you explain that? Because that's something a lot sure. of people don't yeah. know. They think that uh, Roe v. Wade says there's a constitutional right to abortion. And they think they're in the Constitution. There's some interpreted right to abortion. So what what the 14th Amendment, which was the basis of the opinion, is the saying that, yes, here you have the Constitution through the Bill of Rights, which says, or rather through an amendment, it wasn't in the Bill of Rights, but to say you can have a right of privacy, which that word isn't actually there, but it's interpreted as right. one of the rights that are broadly enumerated in the 14th Amendment. And then from that derivative right, right to privacy, you then have a de further derivative, subderivative right that says that your body and being able to, you are going to do with your body. So, right. and, and I think intellectually, like at a very high level, a lot of people wouldn't understand. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, libertarian fans of the show who would say your right to privacy allows you to put in your body whatever you want or sure. to be able right. to do yeah. with your body whatever you want. So it's not like that entire spectrum of argument. No, and by the way, sense. I think that's a valid argument. I think yeah. li libertarians who say, not only do I think pot should be legal, but I think someone should be able to shoot heroin in their house if they want to. I think it's very very hard to argue against that constitutionally. Right. Mm -hmm. and, it's yeah. a compelling argument. And But the difference becomes when, for example, it, you have a different heartbeat. Right. Yeah. yeah you're or hurting somebody someone else. else in there, and where you draw a line, again, under the libertarian philosophy, you would draw a line where you're hurting someone else right. and, and those types of things. Yeah. And and that's where you, you even on the question of what you have a right to privacy for, your right to privacy doesn't extend to what you can do to other no, people. No, it's a really, right. really loose not tied there. And yeah. even Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who's likely dead, uh, admitted <laughs> Who knows? that Roe v. Wade is a byproduct of, quote, heavy judicial <laughs> interventionism. That's what she said, okay? So I want to make sure that people Her understand. Her own words. Yes. And she's she's dead. Uh, this weekend at Bernie's all over <laughs> yeah. again. It's, yeah, it's just weekend at Ginsburg. Whatever you want. Part three. Uh, this is another claim, too. Is this, is, this is more so... Uh, a generalized claim we hear about abortion yeah. a lot, but they have been oh. banging on all cylinders when it comes to this one yeah. here, so these two uh, laws specifically, that this is about regulating a woman's body. There's no law like this against men. Democratic woman uh, in the legislature tried to fight back. State Senator Vivian Figures introduced an amendment to make vasectomies a felony, noting that there are no laws regulating what a man can do with his body. That's screech. Who are you to tell me what to do? with my body. It's my decision. It's not yours. Uh, wait, hold on a second. Men can have Learn no say? Act. 
None in what mm. women do with their bodies? So you want to undo Roe v. Wade? Who were, <laughs> who was filling the court, sweetheart? Huh. You want to lose the right to vote? Because who gave you that one? Many of you didn't even want it. You didn't want fucking duty in the draft. There are, by the way, there are plenty of laws like this that apply to men. Here's yeah. actually something. Let me ask you this. Can you name me, genuinely, a comparable instance where it doesn't? So they, they compare yeah. a vasectomy, right, to the heartbeat bill. Mm -hmm. Vasectomy, stupid. it's your appendage. It's your DNA. You can do what you want with your body. Just as, by the way, no one out there cares about you getting your tubes tied. No one out there yeah. cares about yeah. getting a pass me. This was this one leftist was tweeting on Twitter like, oh, so now we're gonna have laws about not about men are gonna decide what we do with our pap smears often. Well, hold on a second. Oh. Why do you think it is that none of us care about yeah. any of those things? Because a vasectomy mm. is not ending a heartbeat. By the way, ah. not yours, another mm. heartbeat. So let me ask you this. If we all acknowledge when we're talking about a heartbeat bill, yeah. okay, that you're stopping a heartbeat, and it's not the mom's heartbeat, the mom doesn't have two hearts, she's not a medical marvel. <laughs> At least most of them, right? Well, I would think Dr. so. Dr. Ben Carson yeah. isn't gonna, having to come in and separate all of them. <laughs> <laughs> so my question to you is, if you're ending a heartbeat, whose heart? Whose yeah. heartbeat are you ending? Yeah. And can you point me to any instance, any, any example, where a man can legally stop the heartbeat of another human being, innocent, nonviolent, mm. let's not get into war here. Can you name me any example? More importantly, can you name me one example that would allow men to do that exclusively? Meaning men were allowed to, men would be allowed to stop someone else's heartbeat yeah. and women wouldn't be. That's the only way that your argument holds water. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So or the other argument, what about a man should have an equal right? If it's equality, right? As right. opposed to just... Yeah one gender over the other or flipping the script so that one is taking advantage of the other. Right. Um, again, if you even assume that the opposite of tr is true, would that mean that a man has an equal right to say, hey, we had sex, um, you definitely have to take plan B. And right. If you get, and if you have a fetus yeah. in you, you definitely have to get rid of it. I mean, that, that, that extension, that right has to extend to a man if it's if you're going to follow that track. No, but it's her body. Um, How dare you? Well, all right. I mean, and then you say, oh, well, it's her body. Okay, fine. There's a reason why you have to stop and say, stop its heartbeat. Stop her heartbeat. Stop yeah. his heartbeat. Yeah. Instead of just saying, stop all the heartbeats. Yeah, right. exactly. Well, yeah. look, look, it's a great point. point to talk about the heartbeat and saying that it's a separate heartbeat, right? Because what we're dealing with here is somebody who is saying, every part of my body is under my control. And this thing that is inside of me is not a person. Right. Right. Yeah. Fine. If you want to have that argument in that debate, that's fine because at some point it becomes a viable human being outside of the womb. We can talk about that. Well, we'll get that's but, a whole macro discussion. I know. I know. Again, but, there's but no consistent to, line to draw outside of conception. Right. But yeah. But I'm saying that's fine. But now with the with these heartbeat bills, what you're saying is they're making a very fine point and saying that's a second heartbeat that you can't stop and think that it's just a clump of cells. It's not a clump of cells anymore. Yeah. yeah. That's that's where the argument is now. Or it, we're all clumps of cells and it doesn't matter. Right. <laughs> like right. literally nothing matters. Exactly. Anymore. So then why yeah, would we want it to be rare? Yeah. Who cares? Here's something else that I that I genuinely um, am curious to hear people's opinions on because I asked my wife this the other night. Women out there, can you think of? I, I, I mean, I'm sure women from a long time ago can say sure because if I spoke out, my husband gave me a fresh one. I whoa, understand whoa, that, right? Whoa, the Wonder Bread era. Ooh. Let's talk about today. Can you think of any issue today where, as a woman, you are told you're not allowed to have an opinion exclusively because you're a woman? If we're gonna say, oh, if it were vasectomies, men could do it. Well, hold on a second, no. Men are not allowed to stop another human being's heartbeat. In any instance, the only people who are allowed to do that are women. It's an exception yeah. to the rule. The only exception where it's permissible to end another autonomous being's heartbeat yeah. is for women. So let me ask you on the flip side, are you ever told as a woman 
that you cannot hold an opinion or you are not entitled to an opinion exclusively because you are a woman. Women who are watching, listening, let me know. I can't think of any. Yeah. Could no. be my male privilege. Genuinely, can anyone here think of any? My wife couldn't. No. She said, no, I'm honestly, I'm never told that I can't have an opinion on any issue. She, she, she yeah. said rape, economics, uh, men's health, yeah. anything, yeah. like all of it. Well, and, and this was the, the thing that she did at the end where she was kind of crying and pointing into the camera saying, it's my body, it's not yours. You could have used that for slaves, and people did. It's my property, not yours. Right. Right? That's the yeah. same exact argument that was being used. And it was bad then, too, and it's still bad now. Right. And so we do have to get to Ben Shapiro in a little bit. But they're claiming that these bills would imprison mothers. They won't. Uh, these bills are completely unprecedented. They're not. These bills don't take into account the health of the mother. They do. Uh, this is the start of overturning Roe v. Wade. Well, not exactly, but um, potentially that's a conversation we may have. But let me ask you this. What if none of this matters? What if these states, to people here who are upset about these bills, particularly like the Elizabeth Warrens of the world, yeah. Kamala Harris, well, the entire DNC platform, yeah, by the way, of course. There's no, there's no intellectual <laughs> diversity there at all. What if these states, let's say Georgia, Alabama, had passed an abortion bill Okay, that made exceptions for rape and incest and the life of the mother. They already make that exception. Uh, and they banned abortion at only 12 weeks, requiring a five-day waiting period. Would liberals support it? Do you think they'd support it then? Or do you think you guys would protest it? She and her husband did what they thought was best for their baby girl. They got an abortion in the third trimester. Reproductive rights are about health. They are about safety. This is an existential fight for the right and liberty to control your own body. Abortion yes. cannot just be <laughs> theoretically legal. It has to be literally accessible. Uh, yeah, I feel like it's a basic human right that nobody gets to use your body without your consent. I That's had an abortion funny. last what? year. That's it real was an funny. incredible what about jamming forceps in it? for me because I didn't want to become a mother. It is a normal part of uh, women's medical lives. So far, succeeding Shouldn't in limiting be. our access to exercise our constitutional right. It's not a constitutional right. By the way, well, these are the same people who don't believe in the constitutional right to keep and bear arms, which actually is a constitutional yeah. right. <laughs> it's actually spelled out. When we're talking about amendments, it's number two, right next <laughs> yeah, to number right. one, which includes, right by the, the way, top. freedom of speech, which you also don't believe in. So you're, you're, you're literally yeah. stepping, you've heard of stepping over dollars to pick up pennies? You're stepping over rights to grab ones that don't exist. Like, yeah, freedom of speech, let's move that over here, right yeah. to bear arms. Yeah. I don't really like it because David Hogg was in a Michael Moore film. Eh, 14th Amendment's right to privacy, therefore you can have an abortion at 32 weeks, says Elizabeth Jeez. Warren. This one I'm pretty confident on. Oh it really is absolutely remarkable to me. And by the way, yeah. I want to make sure that I'm clear that context of the first Elizabeth Warren clip. She was talking about parents who had a late-term abortion because the baby uh, was going to have a, a congenital, I yeah. believe, a heart defect. Yeah. So I don't want to be, be um, accused of taking her out of context. Here's the thing. It doesn't matter. That's not why she was opposing a 20-week abortion ban. You need to understand this, okay? If they say, hold on a second, we need exceptions on this. There's no exception for rape or incest. All right, hold on a second. You're against a 20-week ban. So how about on the flip side? Would you only uh, extend the abortion beyond 20 weeks in cases of rape, incest, or, for example, a congenital heart defect, serious birth defects, the health of the mother. That's not what Elizabeth Warren proposed. No, no, not at all. They don't make those exceptions. You can't have it on one side of the coin and not on the other. It really is remarkable to me. When And again, the intellectual consistency. Yeah. yeah. Who, who, who cares? Why should it be rare? Exactly. You should be able to do if it, it doesn't anytime, mean anytime. anything. And also the fear-mongering that really bothers me. You hear the right oh, accused yeah. of fear-mongering quite a bit, where uh, <laughs> the right fear-mongers, they want your, it's based on fear. Well, let's yeah. be honest. What do conservatives fear-monger on? Okay, 
terror, terrorism, mm -hmm. socialism. Yeah. You know yeah. what? Okay, 9-11, Arab Spring, ISIS, uh, you know what, uh, socialism, Venezuela. Yeah. How about, instead of fear-mongering, yeah. I call that a heads up. Sounding <laughs> 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 the alarm a little bit for you. You look at the left fear-mongering, what is it? Climate change? Polar ice caps were supposed to be gone, by the way. We're supposed yeah. to, the entire yeah. world was supposed to uh -oh. be in famine aside from North America and parts of Europe. 11, 11 years, 8 Florida's supposed yeah. to be gone. No more coral reef, no more fish. Not saying there's no climate change, but the catastrophes certainly haven't happened. Right. Abortion. If you ban abortion, you're going to be, a, you're going to be jailed for miscarrying. So where's right. the right? Fear mongers gives you a heads up based on things that have actually happened and are currently happening across the world. <laughs> the left fear mongers yeah. on things that can't be proven, never happened, they move on to the next thing. No one in this country has been regularly arrested for uh, having abortions or for miscarrying. The, if you yeah. accept that wholesale, you have bought false fear mongering. It's not even close to the truth. And at least we can correct that. We can get to the conversation of abortion at large. But uh, hopefully, I, I've, I've assisted you. If I haven't, then I've just wasted a lot of your time and you're probably waiting for Ben Shapiro anyways because it's gonna be a barn burden. We'll be right back with my favorite small Jewish man. Hey there, viewer. Matt here. And I don't play by anyone's rules. Not YouTube's, Twitter, or Facebook. But that's because I have only one rule that I respect. And that's that I join Mug Club. You can join Mug Club too. Be a rebel like me. Join up and have the freedom to be your own man. Now I know what you're thinking. Did he fire 14 rounds or 15? That's erroneous, as my new all-steel PPQ-5 match has a 17-round magazine, plus one in the chamber. With the best ergonomics in the business, I'm capable of putting a shot right between your eyes at 40 yards away. So you have to ask yourself one question. Do you feel lucky? Well, do ya, punk? Louder with Crowder Studios, protected exclusively by Walther. Louderwithcrowdershop.com is now selling baseball tees in red, blue, and ash. Get yours at louderwithcrowdershop.com today. See, I don't care about you when I'm dancing. It's not a performance. It's about feeling oh, the music move through me, you. namely my fingers. That's about pretty much yeah, the, 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 mu tips. the music <laughs> movement is limited to the fingertips, like an old, like a, a father-in-law at a wedding. Not my father-in-law. Uh, very glad to have our next <laughs> guest. I know that he's a busy man and he's traveling yes. around the country, so his time is limited. Uh, his new book, *The Right Side of History: How Reason and Moral Purpose Made the Great West*. He's been making the rounds, talking about it, and I was the subject of a little bit of controversy uh, this last week, which we'll talk about. Mr. Ben Shapiro, how are you, sir? 
I'm doing okay. How are you, dude? I am. I am doing all right. So I, you know, we were talking before the break. I never know how to broach this subject. So let me kind of because you never know if it's a sore spot. Like I talked with a fighter one time and asked him about a fight that was a loss for him. And I'm not saying this is comparable in the se- in that sense, but he, you could tell he got pissed. And I thought, oh, I thought that was a good question. I thought it was compelling. <laughs> and uh, this was a heavyweight who didn't like me after that. So this uh, happened on the BBC. I think we have some B-roll here. Uh, the guy's name is it? Is it Neil Brennan? Uh, Andrew Neal. Andrew, Andrew Neal. Neal, sorry. Wait, Which Neil I Brennan was... Now, right? I, now I know. Somebody. Well, that, that's, that's the issue. I said Neil... I think Brennan, Brennan was a fighter. I don't know who I'm thinking Neil Brennan. Maybe. Um, <laughs> so, listen, I, I think that a lot of the criticism there that's been lobbed against you, obviously, uh, I, I think is unfair. And I think so, some of it is constructive. What's your overall view on this, since people have been talking about it? Yeah, so, I mean, I, I think that, you know, there, there are certainly some things I regret about this interview. I tweeted out the stuff I regret about the interview. Mm-hmm. And then there's some stuff I, I really don't regret about the interview. The, the stuff that I regret is you know, I'm in the middle of a book tour and we're doing a lot of book interviews. And the producers for BBC approached us and they said, you know, we wanna have you on to discuss the book. And I figured, okay, normal book interview, even if it gets you know, a little bit antagonistic, that's, that's totally fine. I mean, I just did an interview with Vox where Sean Illing opposes a lot of the ideas in the book. We did a long half hour interview about it because he was asking questions about the book. So I figured, okay, no problem. Yeah, it's a busy day, so we sit down. I thought that was risky. I'll tell you, I read the Vox interview. Let me tell you why I thought it was risky, because it was in writing. It wasn't a video. And anytime that happens, mm, yeah. especially with someone like you, where a lot of it is read through tone, I thought, ooh, they could they could make that a hatchet job. But I actually thought it came out pretty well. But it's it's not something I would do when I know it's just in print. Yeah, no, I mean, honestly, like, I'd rather do live video, typically, not even taped, as, right. with, the, as with the BBC. But in any case, you know, so I, I it was a lazy decision on my part. I didn't know anything about the guy who was interviewing me. I, I heard him in my ear, obviously. I, I have no idea who Andrew Neal is. I don't follow British politics all that closely, truthfully. Yeah. So we sit down and we start the interview. And his opening question is really antagonistic. Uh, uh, he starts asking about the barbarity of pro-life positions. And he starts asking, isn't this Georgia policy bringing us back to the dark ages? He mischaracterizes the Georgia law itself. Right. And I figure, okay, I know who I, I know who this guy is, obviously. Idiotic move. I, I have no idea who the guy is. That's the entire problem. And right. so I assume, just like any journalist who asks that sort of question in the US, this person is on the left. Well, it turns out that Andrew Neal is apparently famously on the right there, although I assume not on the social right there. So yeah. I start pushing at him, prodding at him there. So mistake number one, didn't know who he is, and that was a mistake. And you know, you gotta own that. I, I tweeted out even before the interview aired that I had no idea who he was. I apologized for saying that he was on the left when he is not, in fact, on the left. So that was I'm somewhat familiar with him, even though I just got his name wrong. I said Neil. I need to yeah. find out who Neil Brennan is because Neil Brennan is a person and is in my head. There's Chris Brennan, Brennan was a fighter who I had trained with once, and then there's a guy named Neil Brennan. No idea where, but uh, I know who he is a little bit because you know, obviously in Canada, we're a little bit more closely tied uh, with the parliamentary I no system. Right. He's he, he more conservative, but he is kind of a dick. Uh, so that that part you didn't get wrong, but continue. Right. So 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 that brought us to the the second part of the interview. Well. He eventually starts basically browbeating me with the idea that I've said things that I regret in the past. Well, yeah, I mean, so have most of us who've been in politics. I have a, a column that I referenced twice in the interview. This, this interview, by the way, is about 16 minutes. And so he, he, I refer, he mentions all this stuff. I, I say twice. I've got an entire column. I, it's famous. I've posted it online all about this sort of stuff that I've said that I regret or that I've explained. And he won't allow me to explain any of the comments. And I start to get frustrated. And this is when I make the second thing that I regret, which is I went to the ego play. So again, based on the assumption that this guy is just some BBC schmuck and, and not a famous guy, uh, I, I say, you know, well, you know, I'm famous and you're not, which is always a bad move, always a dumb move. And of course, <laughs> I regret that one. Yeah. That, that, that was stupid also. Now, here's the thing I don't regret. There's no question he was badly motivated, right? I mean, the entire line of questioning was, right. you're a bad person, I'm gonna smear you, you're a bad person, 
if I start to answer, he interrupts, you're a bad person, over and over and over. Here's all the bad things that you've said. And I keep saying, yeah, I've said things I regret. Yeah, here's how I explain this one. Right. He keeps referencing a column I wrote in 2012. I say, can you ask me something from the last five years? Or why don't you read? I don't remember everything I've written. Well, Bill Maher did, did that exact same thing. He had his flashcards, and he was bringing up old tweets from you. I mean, this is something they always do. Yeah, and, and again, the thing was, I wasn't in that headspace. So it's funny. Right. People are like, Shapiro gets blown away in debate. Well, this was an interview, right? It was scheduled yeah, right, as an right. interview. Like, if it were a debate, you prep like it's a debate. I wasn't prepped. The, the failure of preparation is my fault. So it's a successful ambush for him, so so win for him. Here's the thing I don't regret. Getting up and walking out, I don't regret for a heartbeat. I do not regret it for a second. The fact is that he was badly motivated. He was looking for the gotcha moment. He, he felt he got the gotcha moment just by asking all these questions and refusing to listen to the answers. He didn't ask a single question about the substance of the book at all. Right. It took him 17 minutes to get to the point where he apparently was about to ask that question. And I felt like, you know what, I, have, I do have a basic rule. And this is true in any conversation. I've said this a thousand times in my speeches. My basic rule is when someone is intent on defaming your character, you have no obligation to continue with the conversation. That's what he was doing, right. and so I was out. And by the way, this, this idea that this was just an honest line of questioning, his own producer tweeted out after this whole thing was over that this is why you should have people like Shapiro on so that you can basically attack their character. I mean, he tweeted right. that out himself. So, yeah, Isn't it kind that, of funny that they're, they're, they're... I don't regret getting up and walking out because, again, it was, it was an ambush, so he gets a win for the ambush. Can, can um, I offer, not, while I, I have you in a mode here, while that. I have you in a mode talking about like the breaking down of ego, if I may, I may offer a little word of it. The only thing I would say about your walkout, this is the performance art of it. In my opinion, if you're going to walk out, walk out. What, like light off a big old mouth cannon and walk away <laughs> laughing because at that point you were trying to walk out respectfully. You know, you were pissed, but you'd just be like, oh, you know what, dude? You know, no, go, go <laughs> yourself. And you walk out. That's how I, if you're going to walk out. To me, if you're going to walk out, make it a serious walk out, just you know, short I, of I, slapping your Doniger on the table. I know. But I, I, know. <laughs> I, I was trying to be, I, here's the thing I was, and this is the part that always kills you. I was trying to be polite even at the end, you know, and, and then. I tried to be polite after that by, by kind of joking about, okay, well, you got me, Ben Shapiro destroyed and all of that. And apparently politeness is, is not in vogue. But again, I'll, I'll freely admit, this one went like crap for me. It was not a great show. I didn't think, it, me, went, I didn't so, think it went like know. crap. I just think that people are so, listen, everyone, people who don't enter the arena, they're always looking to fault someone who does, right? They're always looking for you to fault. And I would say it's certainly not your best performance, but I don't really think it was, I think the guy was being a dick. Yeah. And I don't think the left can have it both ways where they say, well, in the BBC, in the UK, or they talk about Canada. I go, oh, oh, you're talking about unbiased journalism in Canada where it's funded <laughs> by the government, where our prime minister literally promised $150 million to the CBC if he won. Surprise, he won. No, no, you can't say that they're unbiased, that it's true journalism, that they ask tough questions, and then have an interview where he spends 14 minutes on your Twitter and not on the book. That's also yeah, not substantive. Uh, listen, I, I agree with all that, but you know, I figure that listen, I, I, I hold myself to a higher standard. And so if I don't live up to that standard, then that's the way that it goes, right? I mean, that's that's my fault. Again, my first rule is you got to research the person who you're debating. My fault was I didn't. And so you get yeah. shown up if you don't research the person you're debating. That's a mistake. And you well, know, people do this all the time, again. you know, when it's like Chank Weger, like, oh, this is what you know about you. I'm like, hold on, Chank, you were on stage with him and your own audience started booing you when Ben was <laughs> debating you. This is what bothers me is, is the dog is the pig pile on people. Or people have said this about me because we do change my mind, which isn't a debate. They go, oh, when you're not debating high school kids, like, well, hold on a second. We've debated professors, scientists right, on the yeah, show. Right. Naomi Wolf now, has come peep. on this show. And you, I know that you have if people can run a search. People this just want to mischaracterize. Yeah, no, this, this is the, now you're hitting on a pet peeve of mine, which is, all, all the media coverage, which was, you know, he'll debate college students, but as soon as he gets in the ring, okay, I can, I've, I've had on the Sunday special, Andrew Yang, we discussed UBI, we were adversarial about right. it, but friendly. 
I've had on Sam Harris. I've had a public debate with him on his own podcast. I was on Bill Maher's show. I've debated Cenk publicly. I've right. debated Black Lives Matter publicly, socialist Shama Sawant publicly. I've debated gun control publicly. I've debated more than pretty much anybody that I know, mm -hmm. people on the left, and I have discussions with people on the left so frequently that literally the day that this interview was taped, that interview with Vox came out, right? And again, Sean Illing disagrees with me, but it was a perfectly nice, cordial conversation in which we decided to get to the issues at the heart of the book. And I think, by the way, if you want an informative back and forth on the book, that's a good place to start. So, you know, that the, the, the interview, you know. Now, it, I feel bad because I haven't asked a whole lot about the book. I'm, I'm, I'm the bad guy here. I'm, a <laughs> I'm not a journalist, I'm a but I haven't asked about the book. Tell us about the book, because the book obviously is about kind of how to have these conversations. Um, for people who don't know, I think we have an overlay here of your book. Yeah. Yes, I mean, the, the book is basically asking the question, why is it that we live in the most prosperous, freest time in world history, and yet we're sort of beating each other up? And the answer is that we don't have shared fundamental universal beliefs anymore. What were those shared fundamental universal beliefs at the heart of Western civilization? Why are they good? Why did they produce this good, free, prosperous world? And what are those beliefs that we should be reacquainted with? And why did we lose those universal principles? So it really is sort of a pop history of philosophy in 250 pages or less. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not the world's easiest read, but I think it's pretty informative and pretty, and pretty useful. And I think it answers some, some important questions more important questions than how about this crappy tweet you sent in 20 times? Though those questions can be funny, and if they ever pull mine up, I'll just have to, my response will just have to be, <laughs> did I write that? That sounds like something I would say. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's pretty bad. That's why I'll never run for office. Uh, oh, they'll, hold a standard, they'll hold a standard of a joke of comedy against me, and that's happened before, too, where people have taken statements, and I go, well, you can't take that statement literally, just like you can't take a statement I made as a drunk Nick Nolte dressed as Rosa Parks in a sketch, seriously. <laughs> There's a difference between the commentary and the bits. Um, um, it's, a, it's a little bit alarming that you just used the word Western civilization because uh, as we were yeah. reading on Salon, that's a dog whistle for yeah. white, supremacy. white supremacy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. well, as, as we all know, uh, white supremacy, is, uh, that, that's my thing. I mean, it, it is, I, I will notice a, a slight media imbalance. So the, the interview with the BBC got you know, all, all this coverage. That's fine, totally fine. The week before, the FBI arrested somebody for threatening to kill me and my family, and it got five stories, none of them from national publications. Right, so, of course. Uh, that, that's pretty, you know, that, just, just worth noting. Yeah, this does, I remember when we had, uh, we did the Crowder confronts of someone who threatened to, I think was it the one who firebombed, or wanted to slash our tires oh, or yeah. firebomb our van, and we confronted this person, we're like, hey, by the way, really quickly, we're not advocating violence. I just would really like it if you take down this call to, to bomb my team and my van. And uh, the Austin Chronicle, the lady wrote, like, the taller, yeah. intimidating, <laughs> yeah. muscular, Stephen Crowder intimidates this poor small trans. I'm like, why didn't you mention that this person tried to bomb my van? Or she's like, well, I, I did mention that you alleged that. No, 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 no. Here it is. Here's the post. Like, well, I see that you're alleging that. No, this person says I did it. It really is. There really is a disproportional response uh, of the media, kind of as we, we uh, just covered this week with the top hoaxes of 2019. We have Brett Kavanaugh's a rapist, the Russia conspiracy hoax, Jesse Smollett, and then all of these other hate crimes. Hey, speaking of hate crimes, uh, Tlaib, obviously from my wonderful home state of Michigan. What's your, this went back and forth this week where she talked about her, uh, was it set, was it calming feeling? Yeah, calming yeah. feeling. Yeah, yeah, calming. Uh, when she thinks about the Holocaust. And people said you mm -hmm. took, people were saying conservatives had taken this out of context. When I read it in its entirety, I thought, well, that only makes it worse. Because she said, I get a sense, of, I get a calming feeling because I think of how we provided a safe haven, even though it was against our will and obviously it stripped us of our humanity. So, well, hold on a second, you don't sound like a willing party here. Um, yeah. What do you think is the accurate read on that when we remove the political ping pong? So I don't think that her saying that the Holocaust gave her a calming feeling was her saying, yeah, I feel calm about the murder of six million no. Jews. 
That's obviously not what she's saying. The, the, the part of it that's bad is when she completely recasts the history in a way that is not only ahistorical but anti-historical. The Palestinian Arabs were the original inhabitants of the land. The Jews have no connection with the land. The only reason the state of Israel was created was because of the Holocaust. And then we Palestinian Arabs, we worked to integrate them and bring them in. Every aspect of this is just sheer crap. And the problem is that it does back the anti-Semitic narrative that right. the Jews have no place in Israel, that they are European colonialist implants, and that the Palestinian Arabs are the true victims when it comes to the foundation of the state of Israel, despite the fact that the Palestinian Arab leadership sought to work with Hitler to impose a final solution in the Middle East, despite the fact that the Palestinian Arabs worked with the British mandate to prevent Jewish immigration to Israel, to British mandate Palestine, in the middle of the Holocaust. And there she is proclaiming that the real victims in all of this were the, were the Palestinian Arabs. I mean, again, it, it plays into an anti-Semitic narrative because she's an anti-Semite. But anybody who's reading the calming Holocaust thing in, in the way that I spoke about earlier, that obviously is a misread. It's, it's, it's a misread, but I also don't understand why she said it. What does she well, mean by calming feeling? I don't. I, I, I think that she, I, John Podhorst had a great piece on this, a commentary. He basically said she thought she was saying something nice. <laughs> right, they're saying the Holocaust is bad. Right. Is saying something nice. So when she says that she had a calming feeling, she means the Holocaust is bad, but it makes me feel better about all of the evils that you did to me. When I when I think about the evils that were done to you and how we were the victims of you healing from that, makes me feel better. She thought she was saying something nice, but she's an anti-Semite. That's not really possible. Well, I always thought too, going back to the tweets. If someone were to pull out one of my old tweets, I think I had a tweet that was a joke, like a uh, uh, modern Islamic. It was about Islamic governments. I Islam in 20. This might have been 2016. Basically, Nazis who beat their wives. And uh, people are like, well, how dare you make that comparison? Mm. Well, let's take Hamas. Let's take these organizations. They if You don't think if they could exterminate Jews right now, if they had the ability to wage a new Holocaust, of course they would. And, you know, they beat their wives. Nazis, I'm sure some of them did, but it was an exception, not the rule. We can give them that. I'm not even going to go here, man. <laughs> I am not it's even going to uh, uh, People don't talk about the alliance between a lot of the Islamic world well, and no, the Nazis. No, that, that is certainly true. Well, that, but that, that, is the, that is the point of Tlaib's idiocy. Now, the fact is that, that Hajim al-Husseini, the, the Mufti of Jerusalem, he has, like, love letters from Himmler in the middle right. of the Holocaust, talking about, like, we really hope to wipe this Jewish threat off the planet, and thanks for your help. So yeah. that's pretty great. And they were playing a, a game of telephone with tin cans and a string with Henry Ford. And he was like, what, what, can I get in on this? And then people <laughs> said, yeah, I guess that's true. Uh, very notorious anti-Semitic. Did you know oh, that about I Ford? Did, I didn't know that at oh, all. Oh my gosh, yeah, really some pretty rough oh, wow. stuff when you look you back. You know what, dude, honestly, I can't good. take this interview. I'm out, I gotta, I gotta be gone. Uh, I'll catch you later. Is this another walk off? Boys needed a half it right on your ass.
Keep in your colon. I'm no longer going to be able to show my face in court. Okay, continue. Join Mug Club. Maddie will die. the man who doesn't realize that uh, you can't you can't purge a flight helmet dummy it was a Japanese purge. kamikaze who yeah purge don't you know how to pur when you scuba dive you pull it off then you you blow oh, to better pressure okay. no I this know. is Bill let's have a really small head how does this fit <laughs> I have no you put it on over his headphones hold on let me get this right mm. by the way thank you so much to uh, Ben thank Shapiro um, even though you know a little bit of a move there uh, yeah, walking you know, off like that I mean, what do you expect? I'm very uncomfortable. Do you think I, I just stick with it and keep the helmet on? Yeah. We have to get ready. By the way, cultural <laughs> appropriation. Oh, I, I should let you know. Next week, yes. this whole show is going to be hosted by none other than Bernie Sanders. That's true. Not some, The entire program, guest segments, everything. I'm going to be off. Bernie Sanders will be sub-hosting. And then, of course, June, cultural appropriation month because get ready. to appropriate is to appreciate. Uh, this is where we appropriate a new culture every yeah. single, uh, every week. Every time. And bring you the wondrous creations that cultures have to offer across the world. Send in uh, either here on YouTube or tweet made us Crowder the cultures you want to see. Yeah. We, we, now we're up to what? It's been three years Ooh, now. Yeah, three years. It's been three or four. It's either 12. It's been three, I think. Six, okay. Oh, we got a lot. Three years. And w what it was was one of those years had five Yes. Did we have five Thursdays? So. Was that the way it worked out? I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. But one week, I remember one. Guy. I remember one week, one month. We said, "Oh no, we have an echo. We forgot there was another Thursday in June. It's the last day." And then I think we just did. We got like lazy and did like Sweden or something. Uh, go look up Cultural Appropriation Month, Sweden, and see. Yeah. <laughs> Watch Sally Cohn get mad at me. Uh, really excited for for next week. A lot of big. It was the. It was yeah, a blow-up rape yeah, doll. It really was. Um, <laughs> sorry. I just remember the look. We're just like, oh, this is fun until it oh, dawned on Oh, this is what her. we're doing. Oh, this is really messed up. Uh, okay. Crowder closes in this silly hat. Too cute man. He pulls it off well. That's a great example. People talk about privileged. Girls wear, you know, giant sunglasses. Yeah. They look cute. Guys wear them. They look like they're retarded. Like they're trying to cover up a bender. You wear that helmet. It's still cute. It's disgusting. I wear it. I look like I, I, I look like here. it's a. I look like it's. You a, should get to sit over there. It's a retard crash helmet. 
I look like there should be. I look, the, it looks like these corners should be nerfed. Uh, all right. Uh, so I've. Credit closes. <laughs> Straight face. I've talked about truly living in your purpose. We've talked about that on the show quite a bit. And we get a lot of messages. You know, we do the Life Advice to Love, uh, Tough Love segments uh, here for those who are Mug Club members. We don't really upload them to YouTube. But, um, you know, as a good rule of thumb, and I was talking with, with Manny and Tim about this, uh, there's kind of a rule. If you cannot describe your concept, your business, or your point of view, if you cannot give someone that pitch in a couple of phrases, you really maybe haven't thought about it so well. So let me try and distill this. Good rule of thumb. People talk about living in their purpose. How do they figure out? Uh, you'll find yourself invaluable to someone else. When you make yourself invaluable to some, someone else, um, let me put it really simply. You want to find yourself, this is a term we hear a lot, get really, really good at something. My friend Brian Callen has talked about that. You want to you figure out what you're about, get excellent at something. Make yourself irreplaceable. And by the way, it doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be irreplaceable to a ton of people. Okay, you can make yourself invaluable to your boss, to your kids, to your employees, to your church, Little League, because you're the best damn coach they ever saw. I don't know. But irreplaceability breeds trust. And when you find more people are entrusting you with more responsibility, that's when you get to show people what your true character is. Otherwise, you never know. When someone says, oh, th that's, you need to get that done? You need to get X done or Y? Oh, give that to Bob. No one does it better. It'll feel great but you'll also be in the hot seat. And there are these sound bites that we hear all the time. Um, you know, you hear a lot of athletes say this, or like Oprah, you know, it's not, what, it's not what you do when you win that defines you, but how you come back from a loss. Or sometimes you, I've heard it the other way too, where they say, well, losing is easy, winning is hard. Staying on top, you figure out what you're made of. Uh, neither is true. You, you wanna find out what you're made of? You wanna find out who you are? It's what you do with trust. When someone trusts you, you are effectively both signing a character check. Think of it that way. A character check of accountability, responsibility, expectations. He's signing the front, you're signing the back of it. Think of every great athlete or, or world leader. From, it could be from Wayne Gretzky, something as trivial as something like hockey, to Winston Churchill. They were all defined by their wins as much as their losses. It's not either scenario that defines you. But in both instances, by the way, they were entrusted with doing their best. Someone trusts from leading people to a Stanley Cup, leading the, the team to Stanley to losing seasons. That defined Wayne Gretzky. Uh, the failures of uh, Gallipoli to the victory in World War II. We talk about Churchill. These were people in positions which carried great intrinsic trust because of their expertise, because of their excellency, and because they could be counted on to do their best. You know who never gets entrusted with a whole lot? The mediocre, the good enoughs. So if you can't explain it to me right now in one phrase, two phrases, I'll give you at most two phrases, you haven't thought about it hard enough. I'm about to ask you a question, okay? You ready? What are you really good at? Think about it. What do others, or what do you think, what should others entrust to you specifically? If you don't know all the self-help books and silent retreats in the world, they're not gonna help you. You need to figure it out. Find out what makes you excellent. Find out who trusts you and what they trust you with. You'll find out who you are. And that's something you can control. All right, I'll see you next week without the stupid helmet. It hurts. It hurts. It hurts. It only takes